we're going to continue our transformation series. Um, we've been going through the presence of God. We've gone through a series on prayer and how important prayer is in our lives. And, and now we're going on to transformation. And if you see a linear goal here and a linear kind of framework, um, it's, it's, it's true. I think that when you experience the presence of God, when you are in prayer and you experience transformation, then evangelism happens. And so this is like how we're journeying with Jesus and, um, and, and transformation is so important. I, you know, there's, there's an emphasis sometimes that transformation will happen when you die, which true, there will be a type of transformation that'll happen when you die. When you get to heaven, for sure, we're gonna be perfected. We're gonna have our uh, 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 lives, uh, our, our bodies transformed. We'll, be, we'll not have the suffering that we're having in this world. However, I wanna encourage you that you can be transformed now. That you don't have to live in a sin-bound life. You don't have to live in a, a life that's uh, put in bondage. You don't have to live in your old self, your old ways. But you can now be a new creation in Christ Jesus, totally transformed, where your old friends won't recognize you anymore. Not because you look super different, maybe, but because you actually have an inward change in your life. And it manifests an outward result. Transformation is so important and it's so uh, 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 pertinent to the gospel. Now, transformation happens within the context of your relationship with the Lord. It never happens outside of that context. You could have all the Bibles in the world scattered all around your house. You can have crosses hanging on the wall. You can have you know, all these things, but if you actually don't subscribe to the things that you're hanging around your house, it doesn't make a, a, any difference. It's like if you were trying to you know, um, change your lifestyle and eat healthy and you go to the grocery store, you're like, I'm doing it. And, I, and you don't buy any of the bad stuff, you just buy all the, the vegetables and the fruits and the, all the stuff on the outside of the, they say the shopping area, it's like the stuff on the outside is good for you and the stuff in the aisles is not so good for you. Have you ever heard that? Anyway. So you, you buy all this stuff, and I don't know if you've done this, but I have, and you put it all in your fridge and out and out, and then, and, and, and you are just so dedicated, but every day you eat processed food, and you're like, I'll eat that later, the stuff in the fridge, the stuff that I just bought, the good stuff, and it just rots. It's like, it's, it's hang, just putting it in your house doesn't make a difference in your body. What do you have to do? You have to consume it. You have to have that nutritious, nutrient, uh, uh, food in your body for it to actually benefit your health. And so in the same manner, when we have just, you know, Bibles laying around, some have dust on them, if we just have uh, 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 symbols of, of Christ around our house, but we're not actually in relationship, there will be no transformation. So what is our hope today? Well, in 1 John 3, 2, it says this, Beloved, we are God's children now. I gave this verse at the last minute, so I don't know if, if um, uh, they had a chance to get it, but if you look in your old school Bibles and open it up, it's 1 John 3, 2. It says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but what we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And the verse three, it says, and everyone thus who hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. When our hope is in Christ Jesus, 
it purifies us. Why? Because our focus is on him. We, the Father, uh, uh, coming to the Father and knowing your true identity as a son or a daughter, that is important. Jesus, following and, and, and looking unto Jesus, not just looking at him like, like we talked about last week, but Jesus said, follow me. What does that mean? That means actually follow in his way. Be as Jesus is. Uh, uh, do what Jesus does, not what Jesus would do, what Jesus does. Because remember those little bracelets like 20 years ago? It was like, do what Jesus did. I mean, they're not bad, but anyway, they became like fashionable. Um, all right, sorry, side note, kill that rabbit. Um, Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit actively in your life is a transformation, transformative process. Um, I, I was reading an article this week and I just was so encouraged um, about a, a gentleman who was in um, Hollywood. He was uh, uh, subscribed to a, a homosexual lifestyle and he was very successful. He would do productions for Lady Gaga and Katy Perry and um, uh, he's, the who's who in the Hollywood Zoo. I mean, he knew everybody and did it all. And, um, and he, he was a, 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 a gay man uh, who, who acted, you know, and, and so anyway. Um, but what, what was so amazing is that this article talked about how he became a radical, on fire, loving Jesus Christian. And how this happened. And, um, and, what, and, and here's, the, here's the hope is that when you think someone is just too far gone, Jesus, they're a perfect candidate for Jesus to transform. And you might think someone who has all the success in the world, who has all the money in the world, all the fame, knows all the right people, and, and is maybe even in a lifestyle that we know is not godly. And you think, man, I, I just can't even see how there could be redemption there. Man, God's like, perfect candidate for me to redeem. And this, this man's name is Beckett. I sent a picture. I'm not sure if, if you have it, but... Um, how it started was his, his, um, his sister-in-law all of a sudden had a heavy burden to pray for him 10 years prior to his salvation. She started praying for him and, uh, and she said, I knew he had a homosexual lifestyle and I know that's wrong, but I knew that what he first needed was to encounter Jesus as his savior and Jesus would take care of the rest. So instead of telling him absolutely how wrong he was, she prayed that God would encounter him. And uh, uh, to this man's testimony, he was sharing it on a podcast last week. He said, um, there was a model who came to one of my shows and I heard that she was a Christian and I thought, she was, I thought that was disgusting. That's what he said. This is the man. And, uh, and so... Uh, a few years later, he's on an after party. He has a men's fashion line. Everything's lined up in his life. Uh, he's, uh, the after party had all these Halloween stars, including Kanye West and some others. And, um, and all of a sudden, he looks over the crowd from like one of the balconies, and uh, um, he, he, just, he just says, man, I felt this emptiness come over me. And I said, is this life? Is this gonna be my life, just after party after after party? And you know who's at that party? This Christian model. She comes up to him and she shares the gospel with him. And he said, it was like a seed planted in my heart. And it was my journey that it began in that party to come back, to come to Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Amen. 
And after he came to Jesus, you can look up the article and read it later, not at church, but later. <laughs> he, um, he said no one had to tell him that his lifestyle was wrong. When he encountered Jesus, he knew everything had to change. It's the transformation that comes when you encounter him. Let's go to Jeremiah 18, one through six. Okay, I got it up there. It says, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, arise and go down to the potter's house. And there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house and there was working at his wheel. There he was working at his wheel. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand. And he reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good to do, uh, good to the potter to do. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Now this is Jeremiah, a prophet, who the Lord told him to go see this potter. And so now the Lord speaks to him in verse six. It says, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter has done, declares the Lord? Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. I love this image that God gives Jeremiah of how we as a people are just clay in God's hands and how God is actually the one who is shaping me, who's shaping you, who's transforming you, who's, who's trying to mold you into a perfect vessel that for his glory. And, and what was interesting about this, this uh, 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 vessel that, the, that Jeremiah was witnessing was that the, the, the vessel was not conforming well. And when the vessel doesn't conform well, what does God do? He just starts it over and redoes it again. Because his intention is to make it into a new image. Now, when, uh, when Israel would not repent, when Israel would not turn from their wicked ways, God had, had put them in a situation that God knew would be transformative for the people of Israel, even though the situation was dire. And so I, I wanna just, just kind of express to you that as God is molding you, he's going to mold you from the inside through the working of the Holy Spirit. And he'll also use things from the exterior, whether they're from God or not, he'll still use them to mold you into more of his glory. Because he's such a good God that he works all things together for good. And so there's outside pressure is sometimes needed to actually make change into our lives. Now, I don't wanna say that you have to come on hard times for God to redeem you. Of course, that is uh, uh, not a great way to, uh, to actually change. I wanna encourage everyone to change while you can now before there, uh, there is any hard time to come upon you. Like, I don't think that your testimony is any better because you hit rock bottom. Like, I think a good testimony is I came to Jesus as a young child and then I grew up in his word and I learned how to build relationship with him and I let the Holy Spirit work in my life and I chose to do good. This is called discipline. This is called self-discipline that the Holy Spirit gives you. He, he co-labors with you and says, look, you can choose right. 
You can choose to do good. And so as the Holy Spirit is leading you to choose to do good, there's this manifestation. And as you're growing naturally in the world, you're also growing in the Lord and you're staying close to him. That is an amazing testimony. And we should celebrate that testimony just as much as we should celebrate somebody who hit rock bottom who came to the the Lord. Because both are beautiful. Both are the working of the Lord. Both are the working of God in someone's life. So don't look at somebody who, who may, may have been, you know, the, you know, maybe the lowest of the low in society who came to Jesus and go, man, they had that opportunity. I never had that. You know, like, I, don't, I can't. It's like, what? I've heard people say that. Like, my, my testimony is not as good as this guy's or this girl's. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. If you were kept from the wicked ways of the world, God has blessed you and you had been choosing to do good. That's good. But when we're unwilling to follow in God's leading and his direction, when our lives are just like, you know, I just, I just rather not today, or I'm just succumbing to things that, and, and I'm not living a pure moral life, when those things are happening, then um, I think that God will actually even use uh, things in life, obstacles in life to actually transform you and, and, and try to put you in a place where you need him even more. I've experienced it, and I think a lot of us have. Obviously, some physical manifestations of self-discipline that has spiritual effects, reading the word. Read your Bibles. Look up a verse. I, I, it's so easy now to read a scripture, like with technology and, and just just... Discipline yourself to do that. Here's some, another good discipline. Pray. Pray to the God who created you. Pray to the one who redeemed you. Talk to him. Have a relationship with the Lord. This is so essential. This is a real physical thing you can do that has spiritual implications, spiritual effects. Choosing good, helping others, feeding the poor, serving at church, serving one another, Ultimately, submission in your life to God. These are things that I believe should, should, should be something that you're choosing. We're using our free will, co-laboring with God's empowerment to choose to do good. But some transformation comes under pressure, particularly outside force, uh, uh, pressuring the inside to have a radical and permanent change. He did this with Israel being taken into Babylon and being exiled. He did this with Saul before he was Paul by purposely blinding him. Some natural occurrences are initiated by God or he uses it for good if they're not initiated by God. I mean, uh, have you ever seen uh, a piece, uh, a, a diamond before? Diamonds are beautiful. Most, most of you know this. I'm not gonna blow your mind through this example. But diamonds are gorgeous. But in their original state, coal. A dirty, ugly rock that gives you energy if you burn it. But, um, <laughs> and bad emissions, maybe. I don't know. But what's amazing is that it becomes a diamond, but it doesn't become a diamond without pressure. When that piece of coal is pressurized, it over years and years and years, it forms into a beautiful diamond because molecularly it's forcing, the outside pressure is forcing it to change. And so in the same manner, pressure and obstacles are opportunities for God to grow you so that you can start making some good changes. 
Maybe you're in some insurmountable debt right now and you have no idea how to get out. God's gonna use it. He's gonna use that pressure. He's gonna use that financial tragedy, that financial issue to bring you into redemption. And you're gonna see his miraculous hand at work. You're gonna go to FPU for free. You're gonna sign up. You're gonna learn how to steward your money. No, but, but seriously, I said this the other week. When people, you know, it's like, instead of wondering where your money went, it's even if you know, I, I'm sure every month, count the cost, do your budget every month so that when God comes through, you're like, look at God come through. Or, you could, or, or, or Bob can say, yeah, but you really don't need Netflix every month. And he shows you how to cut your expenses. I don't know, all right. But either way, he will transform you. He will use an outside pressure to transform you. I remember in my own life, and, 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 and I was uh, previously married as a very young person, 19 years old, and, and um, I was not a perfect husband or, or anything by any means. I, I wasn't following the Lord. I was, I was, I was far from God. And then um, my, my wife at the time was also far from God and, and her actions and what she decided to do and she, she decided to leave and, and take the family and there was, a big, um, there was a big arbitration about custody over the children and all this stuff. It was just tragic, horrible. And I just, I ran into the world so hard during that season, even harder than I was before because I was just so lost and I thought God could never, ever redeem this situation. And, I, and, and many of you might not even know this about my life, but I just ran so hard into the world and God met me at a bar. And he used this outside pressure to bring me to a place where he could redeem me. I thought I was unredeemable. Sometimes I still struggle with the worthiness of being called his son. Because I just know how bad I was. I'm not gonna tell you how bad I was in detail because I don't wanna give the devil that much glory. Right? But it was bad. Now one thing about the cross that's so important is that the cross levels the playing field. At the cross, everyone's the same. There is not one that comes to the cross better than the other who comes to the cross. We all need God's forgiveness. We all fall short of God's glory. And so we need, we need to repent and have him transform us. We need to have this repentance so he could forgive us for our sins and we can accept him as our Lord and Savior. And so it doesn't matter if you're a pastor or you're, um, uh, uh, you work at the bank or you, 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 you drive a bus, it doesn't matter. Any, you know, all those sins the deserving of those sins is death. And Jesus gives us the opportunity for repentance and life. Now, of course, there's some sins that are more consequential to, uh, than others. But all need forgiveness. All need forgiveness. And so I... Um, I had this outside pressure, and this outside pressure, when I ran into the world and I, and I was so empty, like that, that man, uh, uh, Beckett, um, 
I, I found that I was so empty and, and, and nothing was happening. And I started to turn my heart after someone witnessed to me at a bar, turn my heart back to Jesus. Now, many people will try to, even when they don't realize what they're doing, they'll try to judge someone by their current circumstance, actions, and say, man, you gotta clean up your life and come to God. And you think, yeah, that's right. I mean, you need to stop what you're doing and come to Jesus. You need to stop it. Just stop it. I don't know, Bob Hope did like this uh, sketch about, just stop. He was counseling a couple and his advice was, this isn't good counseling, but uh, he just, they're complaining and he just says, well, my advice for you is, stop it. You know, and it was just a funny sketch. But the reality is, is that, no, what we, what we actually do is we come to Jesus first. We start following him, and he starts pruning back our branches. He starts refining us. He's forgiven us of our sins. He's justified us, and then he starts, through his spirit, starts sanctifying, a sanctifying work in our lives. And so wherever you are, maybe you're not with the Lord. Maybe you knew him, but you, did, but you don't now. Maybe um, uh, you're, you're a Christian and you're still struggling in a habitual sin or a sin that seems so strong you can't break free from it. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus and allow him to continue the work to sanctify you. I remember that um, uh, finally I'm getting sanctified. I, I've come back to Jesus. I'm doing so well Morally, I'm doing well. My relationship with Jesus is doing well. And I don't even realize it, but he's actually just transforming me. Things that, that, that were on my life are starting to fall off of my life gradually. I mean, I, I, I remember, you know, like I didn't want to, you know, gossip about people all of a sudden. That's a big one, by the way. You know, Christians can gossip sometimes. <laughs> just Sometimes. God, God started to convict me, and you know, I'd be like, "Did you hear what happened to sister so and so? I mean, and brother so and so?" And you know, he's like, "I'm just sharing," you know. No, you're gossiping. If you're not a part of the solution, if your talk to this person is not going to actually bring reconciliation, and if you can't talk to them directly, and you have to talk to other people about it, that's gossip. There's a lady I knew, I'm not gonna reveal her name, but it, it was my mom. Um, <laughs> but she, she would have a sneaky way, you know, she'd be like, hey listen, you need to pray for brother so-and-so because this is what happened. You're like, I think you're gossiping right now. It's like, in, it's in there. It's like coded in prayer, like pray for this person because blah, 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 blah. And uh, anyway, but God started to do these changes in my life and, and, and because I was journeying with him, because I was choosing to follow Jesus, because I was reading his word and having a relationship with him and the Holy Spirit was making this work. And I remember that one of the things that stuck with me even through all my transformation, I'm not going to the bars anymore, I'm not doing uh, all the, the horrible things I was doing, I'm actually living a, a good life, I'm following Jesus, I'm having so much fun, I'm feeling so good inside, but I struggled in a certain area, and, um, and it was smoking. I, 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 when I was in my 20s, I started smoking, and, uh, and apparently that's really hard to beat. 
And, um, and now I think you can still smoke and get to heaven, but it might be a little earlier than it's supposed to be, <laughs> okay? Um, I do think your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit and we need to honor our bodies. I don't think smoking's good for you. And I, but, um, but I remember really just doing so well, except you know, the Lord's like, Paul, I want, and, and I remember driving in the car and it was a great time to, to smoke. It was like something to do. And I remember the Lord saying, Paul, you need, to, you need to stop this. This needs to stop. I know it was the Lord because I wanted to do it. I enjoyed it. And I said, I know God, I just don't know how. But as I journeyed with him, I wasn't like this cold turkey moment that so many people have, but as I journeyed with him, smoking every day, went to smoking every other day. Went to smoking twice a week, to once a week, to not even wanting it. And it was like this purification process happened, this transformation process happened because I chose to stay connected to him. And through that connection, he transformed me. And now I smoke once every five years and it's, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. It's done, it's done. That was a long time ago. All right. Philippians 1.6 says this. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. Yes, you're clothed in the righteousness of Christ. As soon as you accept him, he justifies you, he forgives you as you repent. But there's this completion that he's gonna continue, he's, there's a good work that he's gonna continue to do in you until completion. Here's some signs of transformation. This, some signs. I haven't found anyone perfect yet except for Jesus. So we all need transformation, amen? We all need God to continue to purify us. Here's some signs of transformation. The innate desire to do good. You all of a sudden wanna do good. This is just my notes, this isn't like. But selfishness and self-serving things in your life start to diminish. And you're no longer geocentric. It's no longer about you and what's happening around you. You actually see the world through Christ's eyes. And it's seeing that you're a part of his creation and part of his family. And so it's no longer like me and who, how does everyone interact with me? But it's actually being more selfless. That's signs of transformation that you would transform into his glory. Now, what's so interesting about Jeremiah, we, we read in chapter 18, um, that, that God was going to form them just like he forms a clay pot, and if that pot is not doing well, he starts over, he crushes it down, starts over. Um, but in Jeremiah 29, 11, wonderful, beautiful verse that many of us have tattooed on our arms somewhere. I don't know, it's just a popular verse, right? Hopefully not, but I don't like needles. Um, it says this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a hope, a future and a hope. Isn't that so special that 
even in the middle of your process, you can know and have the hope that it's all plans that are gonna be good for us. And that gives us a hope and a future. Why don't you stand? I wanna encourage you to, throughout this week, think on transformation. Ask yourself, God, am I, am I more like you this year than I was last year? Jesus, am I, am I more selfless this year? Am I more focused on you this year? Is, am I actually being transformed into your image or are, am I laying on idle hands? I wanna, I wanna be the first to be obedient and say, God, I wanna follow you with all my heart and I know you'll do the work in me. But if I don't say that, and, and I'm his son, and, 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 I've just, and I've received him as my savior, but I decided not to actually actively have him in my life or, or working on transformation, then God, in his love and his mercy for you, will start working circumstances to transform you. He'll, he'll make you move. He'll bring about that transformation. He'll put you in a place where you need to make a decision. Will I, will I go and do this? It's not about motivation. You know, motivation is good, but motivation is something that comes and goes, right? It's about being determined and disciplined in your heart to say, God, I'll still choose you. I'll still break off this stuff in my life that's not you, purify me. Jesus said in the Beatitudes, Caleb read it the other day in our prayer group, that the pure in heart will see God. Lord, would you purify our hearts? Let's pray. Jesus, I just pray that you would continue to purify us, transform us into your image. God, would you give us the strength to follow you? Would you give us the strength and the boldness and the courage and the humility to surrender all of our weaknesses to you and say, God, we're gonna let you work on us and we'll follow you. We'll crack open our Bibles again. We'll actually pray. Lord, we'll, we'll do the things that we need to discipline ourselves in with the support of your Holy Spirit to, to connect with you so that you could transform us. Lord, I pray that you would continually transform us from the inside out and that every obstacle that comes our way, you would use for good to bring us about as your perfect vessel so that we can be carriers of God, that we would overflow in the presence of God. I just wanna encourage you, we're gonna talk in all sorts of things in transformation. We're gonna talk about deliverance and transformation and what that looks like breaking off any demonic oppression that's happening. I'm not saying that you're possessed by any demons, but it's possible that they could be tormenting you and oppressing you. John Wimber said one time when he was asked, can a Christian have a demon? He said, I don't know, but why would you want one? They make horrible pets. <laughs> but sometimes we... Jesus did it all the time, set people free by casting out or casting off a demon from people. And so there's gonna be um, 
We're going to talk about that and pray for that at some point through this series. We're also going to talk about how God can actually heal your heart and bring transformation in your life from trauma, from from all sorts of stuff that might have happened. So um, these first two sermons were more overarching, but the, the point is I want you to have hope that transformation is possible for you, okay? All right. Well, bless you guys. Thank you for being patient with us. Make sure you grab a book on the way out and pray for our schools with us. We'll send some updates via email or text and let you know. And um, blessings. Have a great week, and we'll see you then. All right?